Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Good morning, City of Refuge. Glad to see and be here with all of you today. Again, as um, Matt and others have mentioned, happy Father's Day and also happy Juneteenth today. What a great day. We get to celebrate both the fathers in our lives and communities, and also the emancipation of enslaved African-Americans in 1865 here in Texas. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Anna Lee. I'm the daughter of Zhang Zhaoping and Li Wei. They immigrated here from, to Houston from Guangxi, China, and I was born and raised here in Houston. Houston is the place which I love and call home, and it is also originally home to the Sana Karankawa, Atakapa, Ishak, Karisan, Kawatakan peoples, the first peoples of this land. If you've heard me preach before, you've heard this introduction. I realized I've never really shared specifically why I do it that way, so I wanted to take a moment and do that. In the last couple of years, especially as I've gotten to sit under the teaching of um, fellow believers who are indigenous and native, Every time we start off the time with introductions like this, often using their mother tongues. So I didn't do it in Mandarin today, but that's kind of how we do it there. Um, kind of sharing your name, sometimes the names of some of your ancestors and the people of the land that you're on. And I think it makes total sense. It's important to know who we are, but that is also shaped by who and where we came from, where we are now, and the peoples of the land that we're on. So as we continue, let me just pray for us really quick, and then we'll continue. You can bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for this morning, and it is asked that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and all our hearts would be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So here at City of Refuge, we're continuing in our series on calling, as you can see. And today, we'll be talking about discerning calling, a topic that I think can often bring lots of feelings to mind or feel really big and weighty. But before we continue, what is discernment even? What comes to mind when you hear that word? So I know we don't typically do this here, but I actually want to take like 30 seconds, invite you to turn to someone next to you and just think and share what words or feelings or images maybe come to mind when you hear the word discernment? It can be in a religious setting or a non-religious setting. What comes to mind when you hear the word discernment? Awesome. Thanks for doing that. Um, so if you Google discernment, I don't know how often people do this. I just look up define word. Did that a lot in medical school. So according to Google, discern is a verb to be able to distinguish 
perceive or recognize something, so it's a little small. So discerning the difference between two situations, also to distinguish with difficulty by sight or with other senses, so being able to discern an outline of something. And then the noun discernment is related, the ability to judge well. It's funny that that example is like talking about a lack of discernment, <laughs> but sometimes that's how you notice it. So there's lots of things you can talk about when you talk about discernment, especially I think in the setting of what is Jesus saying? So I can't cover everything, but today we'll kind of go through four factors and one principle, if you like kind of knowing where we're going. And hopefully none of them are really surprising. So the four factors that I would say are really key in discerning, and for the purposes of understanding, I'll be more focusing on discerning than discerning calling, but you can apply the discernment principles to whatever you're trying to discern in your life. But I would say, and we'll kind of talk about each one as we go down, the four factors that I want to focus on with discernment are prayer, scripture, community, and obedience. Again, prayer, scripture, community, and obedience. Again, these are key when we think about discernment that we need not just one or two, but all four. Discernment is not a one-time decision, and it's definitely not a solo journey. So I'll kind of just go through them briefly one by one. Nothing is, I think, super unfamiliar. But when I talk about prayer, something that is part of our lives as Christians, I'm referring to not only speaking and telling God what's going on, which we do, but also listening. I remember when I was younger and younger in the faith and people, the way one speaker kind of encouraged us to pray was not to just treat it like a one-way phone call where you just tell God everything you're thinking and ask him things and then hang up. But I think that's often how we pray, unfortunately. Kind of like if someone had something to say, but before you can hear it, you hang up the phone. And what does listening in prayer even look like? We'll kind of circle back to that at the end of today, but it's pretty simple. You think about how to listen, just as simple as sitting in silence and solitude and seeing if the Lord has anything to say. I think that this may be something that's new for us individually or depending on your church tradition and living in a society where things are really full and not very quiet, it can be challenging. But I will say that spending 10 minutes every morning in silence and solitude and asking the Lord what he has to say about a certain situation or in general has, this has surprised me, but it has been the thing that I've done the most consistently for the last few years. And it has really changed how I think about prayer. I think there are many ways to pray for people or pray about something. But when people would ask me to decide something and I'd say, I'll pray about it, in my head, I was thinking, am I just going to tell God what I think and then tell someone what I think after? And so I think even practicing listening and letting listening be a big part of how we pray, not just for making decisions, but also for making decisions, has, been, has really reshaped how I think. So when we pray about things, taking time to listen and ask God, 
What are you saying about this? And also praying in community, which is one of the other factors. The second thing I listed, these are not in any particular order of importance. Scripture, which as we know, is one of the biggest ways that we get to know who God is and his character. Right? We need to take, again, all these factors together. Because if you pray and hear something, but it's not really in line with who God is, that's important to know. And how do we know who God is and what he's like? One of the big ways is scripture. Reading the Bible, listening to it, studying it with others so we can get different perspectives, even reading commentaries, listening to preachers of different backgrounds so we can kind of hear different perspectives. There's not much more to say about knowing scripture except that it is important. I think we know that. But it's important to know because when we're hearing things and asking God or even just trying to listen more to what God is saying, we need to know if it's in line with who he is. Is this something he would say? Is this something he would do? Is this something I've seen him do in scripture? We also know who God is from our lived experience, but knowing scripture is important. Community is the third thing I mentioned. So again, doing this with others who are also following Jesus. I'm not saying you should not have friends who are not following Jesus. I absolutely do not believe that that is true at all. But sometimes when you're asking people to pray for you or ask them what scripture says, it's hard to ask someone to do that if they don't know what those things are. But as we pray and know scripture, we can't do this by ourselves, and we shouldn't. It's actually really dangerous to try and discern things on your own. Dangerous at worst, unhelpful at best. So asking people to pray with you, to listen with you, just to talk to you, and to study scripture and remind you of scripture together. And then the fourth thing I mention is obedience, so kind of the way that we just become formed by continuing to obey God in big and little things kind of allows us to incorporate listening and prayer and reading scripture and being in community. They're all linked, if you couldn't tell. The Bible says we shouldn't be only hearers of the word, but doers. And so as we continue to practice and, I think, live out our lives in light of discernment and hearing God's voice, it will help us to better know when we've done something a lot to better distinguish what God is saying and if it's in line with scripture, prayer, community. So again, nothing that should be unfamiliar, but just wanting to make it clear that discernment isn't and shouldn't be a solo journey. Again, when you do that, that is unhelpful at best and dangerous at worst. I think we maybe have experienced or seen when people say they've heard something from God or think that they've discerned something and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, doesn't line up with scripture or what community is saying, whether you've seen this on an individual personal level or on the news. So just things to keep in mind. The sermon is something we want to invite each other into, even as we do things on a personal level with Jesus too. But wait, discernment isn't just for big decisions. I think we often associate discernment with big decisions, but I would challenge that thought and say that when it comes to discerning with God, that discernment, right, thinking back to that definition, distinguishing, recognizing, perceiving, is being able to hear God's voice. 
at all times, on the daily, not just, big for, not just for big decisions. And trusting that he is always speaking and has things he wants to say to us. Because the truth is, if we don't really know how to pay attention regularly, when it's time to make a big decision, like, should I move? Should I switch careers? Should I fill in the blank with something that feels weighty to you? Just like if you've never fasted before one meal, you probably shouldn't tackle a 40-day fast all at once. Kind of dangerous. <clears throat> or if you're more of the active kind, if you've never even run a mile, you probably shouldn't try to do a marathon. It takes time and habit to build up. You can try. It might not work very well, that's what I'm saying. And we see throughout scripture that hearing from God can take a variety of forms. Some obvious ones that come to mind, probably Moses, when he heard God's voice out of the burning bush, he saw a bush that was being burned um, but not consumed and turned aside. Samuel, as a child, was lying in bed and heard God's voice and got up and said, it's me, after it took multiple times. We see that when Elijah is hiding in a cave, and we see God passing by an earthquake and fire, but he hears God in a whisper. And we see throughout um, the Gospels and the accounts of the life of Jesus that Jesus spent time with God on his own to hear what God was saying and so that he knew what to do. Even with all the pressures that Jesus faced, we see clearly in Scripture that Jesus went away really early or really late and spend time praying. And I think that this is an experience that this is part of the discernment experience that God wants us to have. That would be the principle, by the way, listening well. So the four factors earlier, prayer, scripture, community, and obedience, this is the principle, listening well. It's pretty simple. Right, Jesus spent time with the Father in listening and knowing what to do. And Jesus also talked in John about how we, the sheep, can know the shepherd's voice. I'll read aloud from John 10 briefly, and I'm actually going to read out of the First Nations version, which I have here if you want to look at it, which um, is in English, which translated by a council of indigenous Christians to be able to speak to indigenous believers in their heart language, because a lot of the times their native tongue was forced out of them by residential schools, but this is a way that has helped indigenous people to understand what Jesus is saying. This is from John 10. I am the good shepherd, the one who watches over the sheep. I will lay down my life for them. The ones who watch the sheep only for pay will run away when a wolf comes because the sheep are not theirs. Then the wolf preys upon the sheep and scatters the flock. The ones who do it only for pay are not true shepherds, for they do not care for the sheep, but only for themselves. I am the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for the sheep. The Father knows me, and I know him. In the same way, I also know each one of my sheep, and they know me. I have other sheep who are not from this flock. I will go and find them, and they will also hear my voice. Then there will only be one flock with one shepherd. My father has a great love for me, for I lay my life down to take it back again. No one takes my life from me, for I lay it down on my own. 
I have the right to lay my life down and the right to take it back. It is my Father who gives me this right. So earlier, Jesus also talks about, says the sheep know his voice and they will run away from a stranger's voice because they don't know who the stranger is. People say that sheep are not very wise, but if this is true, they can still tell the difference between different voices. You can think about a voice that you would recognize. Maybe someone in your family or a good friend or someone you see often, your child. You can tell when it is or isn't them. Sometimes it is easier than others. People tell me and my sister all the time that we are impossible to tell apart on the phone. I think even our parents can't recognize it unless we say different things. But we think about, when we think about discernment, can we recognize God's voice? Will we be able to tell the difference between a stranger's voice and his voice? Jesus also says that he is the good shepherd and came to lay down his life willingly. That he is for us and not against us. He has good for us, and he goes on to say that he came that we may have life and life to the full. And that doesn't necessarily mean a life full of material goods and possessions, but full of his presence with us and his guidance and love. And Jesus is the one who helps us to learn how to recognize his voice. It's not necessarily easy all the time, especially at first. And Jesus knows that. And he's not making it harder. I think sometimes we can feel like we're trying to follow God and we're doing it on our own. But God is on the same team as us and helping us to want to honor him, to want to listen to him. And sometimes when we first start trying to listen or pay attention to God's voice and figure it out, it can be hard if we're not really used to it. If we're not used to spending time in silence and solitude and praying through listening. Maybe if we haven't read that much of scripture yet and don't know that much about God's character. If we're not really in community and connected to other believers or if we haven't gone to have a lot of opportunities to follow Jesus and say yes to him. If you're into music, this was a comparison that I found helpful. There is always a bass line driving the song. I am really bad at telling the bass line unless it's by itself, and clearly that's the bass line. One of my friends who loves music would often, we'd be listening to a song or even just talking, there's a song in the background, he would just suddenly say, and the bass line of the song is really good. I would be thinking, I wasn't even listening, and I can't, even when I'm trying hard, sometimes I can't tell the bass line. If you're into music, probably no big deal. If you don't really know what I'm talking about, you're in the same boat as me. It's there, it's deeper, it's really important to the song, but without trying to pay attention, at first glance, it can be easy to miss for me. And so I think learning to listen to God's voice can be a little bit like that at first. It's there. It's keeping everything moving, but maybe it's hard to tell at first beneath the melody and the lyrics and other things. And the reality is, too, that there are other voices. 
there are strangers' voices. The enemy is real. The voices of society and our world contradict what Jesus has to say a lot of the time. And we don't need to be afraid. Again, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are helping us. But not every voice that we hear is God's. I think there's also often the question of what if I'm hearing what I want when I'm trying to ask God what he wants? There's no perfect answer to that question, but I would say that it is good to be aware of what your desires are to have that self-awareness. And also trusting, again, that God is trying to help us hear him, that he will show us if our desires are out of line with his. But they're not always out of line, right? Sometimes the things we like and get excited about can be things that God put there and we want to pay attention to. So there's no formula. If I feel something I want, is it from God? I don't know, kind of go back to the drawing board with prayer and scripture and community and obedience and listening. But I think, I just wanted to say that sometimes people think, oh, if I hear something I want, that's definitely what God is telling me to not do. And that's not always true. It can be true. But it doesn't always have to be at odds with what God is saying. So kind of thinking again, when we think about discerning, and again, you can kind of use these principles if you are maybe discerning something big in your life right now. I was telling Brandon, if there was a part two to this talk, I could talk more about how do you discern a big decision? Not everyone here knows, but I had to discern a fairly big decision a few years ago when I left the medical field and decided to go into full-time ministry. And mostly discerning that in light of what my parents wanted. So if you want to ask me more, please feel free. Not enough time to go into that right now. That would be the part two that we're not doing. So maybe you are trying to discern something big right now. And maybe there's nothing on the horizon. But the principles and the factors of discerning and practicing discerning, I would say, are the same. And if you are not trying to make a big decision right now, Great, you have more time to practice. And if you are, again, God loves you and he is helping you make that decision. We want to be rooted in listening and prayer and knowing God's character through scripture, being plugged into community and in relationship with others and practicing obedience. Remembering that God is partnering with us and inviting us into this journey and inviting us to hear what he has to say. I think one other thing from my experience in kind of big decision discernment, but also in the years since then that I wanted to also include as an encouragement is that discernment is a gift and it's not a burden. Again, kind of thinking back to the big decision situation, which I think is often what we think about with discernment, there's a lot of pressure and it's really scary. What if I make the wrong decision? And I think that God's invitation to discernment, to listen and to make decisions is a gift. It's not a burden, even if it's a little scary. 
But I think if I had one thing I learned from that months and years long journey, and then still learning, that's an encouragement I wanted to give. If you're feeling like, I don't really want to do this, or why do I have to keep doing this? And again, in the day-to-day, -day, getting to discern what God is saying, what he's inviting us into, that's also a gift. We get to see things maybe we weren't paying attention to, get to talk to someone maybe that wasn't on our mind, but really could bless us. And just to remember that God is always speaking. He always has things to say to us. The question is, are we listening? I'm going to wrap up our time with a couple of reflection questions that you can think about. So I'll give us a little bit of space. Yeah, they'll be up there. I'll read them out loud. So you just pick one to think about. Don't think about all three. <laughs> what makes it difficult or can keep you from being able to hear God's voice in this season or in general? Do you see Jesus as a good shepherd? And if not, what kind of figure is he to you currently? And or, what is one thing you can try this coming week to make space to listen to Jesus? Just think about one, not all three. Or write them down for later. So in answer to the third question, there's one tangible thing we can do right now that I want to invite us into all together while you're sitting here. And it is to practice listening prayer. If you've never tried it before, like I mentioned earlier, it's about as simple as it sounds. It's like sitting in silence and listening. If you've never tried it before, totally okay. And if you listen to this and you're like, I really don't want to do that, you have the freedom to not do this. And if it makes you just a little uncomfortable, but you want to try, I would encourage you to try it. And again, I am biased, but this has really shaped how I've seen prayer and how I've followed Jesus the last few years. So I love listening to prayer. But basically, I will just open us with briefly to ask the Lord to say something, and we'll just sit in silence for about a minute and then I'll close us, and then you'll be done. As we're sitting in silence, you can maybe ask Jesus one of these questions, maybe one that stuck out to you. You can ask Jesus, what do you have to say to me right now? Maybe there's a situation or decision coming to mind, or nothing. You can just sit in silence and see what Jesus brings to mind. Again, whatever you hear, remember to you know think about it in light of scripture and community and obedience. But this is just going to give us a chance to practice listening right now. So let me pray for us. We'll sit in silence, and then I'll close us. Jesus, you are the good shepherd, and you say that your sheep know your voice. 
And so I just ask that you would speak to us right now. You know what we need to hear, maybe want to hear. Um, even that silence can be reassuring. So would you just speak and help us to be listening? Lord, I ask that you would bring clarity and understanding to anything you revealed. If anything was not from you, I pray that it would just be wiped from memory. Um, but if there's something you want to keep saying to your children, I pray that you would continue to bring that to mind and help us to practice listening to you, to discern your voice, and be able to follow you every day. In your name we pray, amen. <laughs>